Okay, so Be'ezros Hashem, tonight we're going to be continuing with our series of Shirim on the teachings of Rav Yitzchak Isaac Morgenstern Shlita. And the title of tonight's Shir is going to be The Elevation of the Limit Above the Unlimited, or Ma'alas HaGvul Al HaBilti Gvul. The elevated status of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's revelation within limitation, above and beyond the level of HaKadosh Baruch Hu prior to his descent into the finite, constrictive functions of this worldliness. Now, as every other previous year in this series, this year is a hamshacha. The only way to try and share my humble opinion of what Ravitch Meyer Morgenstern is coming to say through his writings and through the writings of his Talmidim, according to my own humble understanding, with the prerequisite recognition that any mistake that emerges out of this or any inability to clarify particular points is not because of the books or the writings themselves or because of the neshama of the tzaddik, but it's because of the limited nature of my vessels to convey exactly what it is that Rav Meyer is trying to convey. In order to capture a thread that connects from the beginning to the bottom of his teachings, which in my humble opinion is possible, to thread through the 30,000 plus pages of writings and to show that there's a yesod nafutz, there's a kava emsoi, there's a middle line that ascends to the top and descends to the bottom, thereby unifying all of the particularized statements that Ravichemeyer Morgenstern has expressed in his limited amount of time teaching. In order to show that, each of these shirim are chains in a shalshalas. Now, last week what we spoke about was the need to connect to God himself, Kavyachal, through the revelatory aspects of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. Because what we said was that there's an Isr Gamor for Ravichemeyer, going back two weeks now. There's an Isr Gamor, a full prohibition of the individual coming to claim that they can grasp the essence of God, so to speak. Atzmusa Yisparach. And whether or not Ravichemeyer is speaking out against particular trends in understanding Panimiya Satora or not, it's clear that Ravichemeyer is trying to make something very clear, and that's in order for the system of Kabbalah, for Panimiya Satora and Hasidus and the Torah in general to function within the framework of a negative theological system where we don't fall prey to the all-too-human aspect of making idols out of our conception of the infinite through the classic modes of corporealization or limitations or framing the capacity of God in some limited form, what Ravichemeyer needs to come on to, utilizing the teachings of Rav Shalom Sharabi, is that it's impossible for the individual to ever lay claim to the essence of God, so to speak. Because to lay claim to the essence of God would be, would be to imply that we as creatures have the capacity to reach the creator, which would then place the creature and the creator in the same playing field. In spite of the difference between the two of them, it would be a relative difference, implying that if I work hard enough, I can get to the top and grasp the essence which then forces the true nature of the infinite into the confines of finite consciousness, thereby negating the true form of infinity from it. So what Ravichemeyer, following the path of all of the Mikubalim, especially the Lesham Shulbachaloma and Rav Shalom Sharabi and the writings of the Rabbi Rashab, as Ravichemeyer understands it, 
places a very strict interdiction against claiming that a person can ever grasp etzem. And all we can grasp is the top of the level that we're at right now, which will eventually be revealed to be the bottom of a level that is higher than it. Ad infinitum, ad ein sof. Because when it comes to dealing with infinity, capital I, there's always a place where we can yearn to reach higher. And even when we feel that we've reached the apex of our comprehension of absolute knowledge, chas v'shalom, as Rav Shemayar would say, we're forced to come and recognize that the top or the apex is simply the entrance into a level higher than us, and any fullness that we have has to be cut through with the deep awareness that it is still a lack in relationship to a fullness that is higher than it. The, the last week's shear, which was following on that interdiction against claiming that a person can lay claim to etzem, to the atzmusa yisbara chas v'shalom, which went by the statement of the Zohar, leis machshava tvisa beklal, that the mind has no capacity to grasp the essence. Last week, we asked a strong kasha on that concept which is that we know from the time that we're in the womb, from the time that we're born, from the moment that we begin uttering the words of tefillah in the most unconscious part of our hearts that doesn't have natural activity in the day-to-day, but at times of stress or at times of discomfort or in times of struggle or in times of hatred or in times of gullus, where gullus is felt even more strongly, that natural, unconscious, burning desire in the Yechidosh HaBenefesh in each and every Jew understands deeply that we have a direct relationship with God himself. That when we say Hashem is here, Hashem is there, Hashem is truly everywhere, we're not talking about his midos, we're not talking about his spheros or his partsufim, we're not talking about his revelations, we're talking about the relationship that we have directly with the creator of the world, with our God, with each and every individual's personal conception of godliness. And we understand that the claim that we're davening to some mechanism that God has revealed in the world would be tantamount in our minds, in our deep-seated amuna, to be heresy. So how could it be that on the one hand we said that Ravichemeyer stresses in the names of the Mikubalim that it's impossible to ever lay claim to the essence of godliness, God forbid, because to lay claim to the essence of godliness would to negate the fundamental concept of Kedushasi Lamalami Kedushasechem, that my holiness, says God, is always and perpetually higher than your holiness, not because of a lack of effort, not because of some symptom of a failure or some residual trace of a transgression, but rather an ontological distance. Like the Leshem Shulav says, and we discussed in the Shirem on the Leshem, that the fundamental distance between creature and creator is not because the creature is not worthy enough, because we see that the fullest expression of this is by Moshe Rabbeinu the most worthy of all creatures, where he beseeks from God to say, please show me your face, give me the relationship to grasp the essence. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu's response to him is that you cannot see my face, you can only grasp the backside. As Acharai Ataroa, you will only see the backside, you will only see the hither side, you will only see the detail, but you can never fully grasp the general concept. And so the Leshem says that it's clear that our inability to grasp godliness is not because of a lack of effort, but because of an ontological law that God has placed in the world that says that the finite cannot reach the infinite in a true form of seizure. So in order to settle this conflict, in order to settle the difficulty or the machlokas between the interdiction against grasping God in his essence on the one hand, and the deep recognition that every time we utter any word in mundane communication, especially in tefillah and Torah learning, we're cleaving directly towards the essence of God. 
So Ravit Shemayar came on to, following the writings of the Ben Yishchai and the Rashash in his Hakdam of Rehova Sanar, and Ravit Shemayar explains it incredibly at length, perhaps the furthest that he goes in fully explicating this idea, in Tafshin Ayin Dalid, in Yam HaChachma Tafshin Ayin Dalid, in the Mimer, which we're basing a lot of what we're discussing on tonight, called Shnei Nitzotzos, Nitzotz Boira Unitzotz Nivra, the spark of the creator and the spark of creation, Ravitch goes to teach us that in spite of the fact that we can never reach directly a love, in spite of the fact that we can never reach the essence of godliness directly or with immediacy where there's no partition or no distinction, nevertheless, it's through his midos and it's through the partsufim and through his revelations and measurements through which he creates the world that we have direct access to God. So that in a paradoxical way, Rav Itchemeyer even coins the, his own term based on a medrash in Chazal, based on the pasuk that we says, Behold karenu I love, the Pasuk says that every time the Jewish people call out, they're calling out directly to God. And the Medrash comes and says, a love v'lom lemidosav, to him directly and not to his midos. Rav comes and teaches that statement from Chazal in a different way. He says, a love b'derech midosav, that the way that we connect to the infinite is specifically by way of the finite manifestation of the infinite. That the way that we have a direct, inherent, immediate relationship with the bilti gvul, with that which remains fully unlimited in its infinitude, is specifically in and within and through the finite manifestation, which is the Koyacha Gvul. And by way of spooky action at a distance, somehow, some way, through the secret of faith of Raza de Mehem Nusa, which always remains paradoxical in its essence, it is specifically through the mediation of the worlds of Atsilus that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has disclosed himself in, and in particular the parts of, of Zer Anpin, the relationship that we have with the Torah and with Tefillah, it's specifically by engaging those mediators, those interferences between us and the infinite, that we touch the infinite itself. So that on the one hand, we can never claim that we're touching the infinite, and that we always have to remain within the guidelines of reaching out to the finite manifestations of godliness. But when we reach out to the finite manifestations of godliness, the kayach of our neshama and the raza de mehem nusa, that secret paradox of faith, bespeaks this remarkable transition that gives us access to the infinite by way of the finite, that gives us aspect to the light by way of the vessels that gives us access to immediacy and immediate relationship with God, specifically by way of mediation. To the point that we phrased it, mediated immediacy, that the paradox is settled as follows, that yes, we have a direct relationship with God, but our direct relationship with God is only by way of recognizing that we can't have a direct relationship with God. So that paradoxically, specifically by withholding ourselves from laying claim to grasping the essence of godliness, we, in fact, reiterate the depth of our inherent connection to the essence of godliness. Because it's only by recognizing the true capital I infinity and ascension of God, so to speak, in its essence, above and beyond any capacity of a created entity to grasp, that we also proclaim that deep proclamation of faith of Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, that in spite of the fact that all we have access to is Elokeinu and the Midos and the constrictive elements and measurements that God has disclosed in the world, nevertheless, we are touching the essence itself. Now, that's a summary 
very shortly of a shear two weeks ago and last week. What we're going to be speaking about tonight is why this is so. Why did God, so to speak, create the mode of avodah Hashem, the mode of human worship, of the human being attempting to cleave to the divine? Why is it in such a way that it has to be by way of mediation? Why is it that God has created the world in such a way that the only access that we have to the infinite is by way of the finite? Because the Leshem, and Rav quotes this Leshem in numerous places, and most of the Meforshem on Eitzchayim stress this as well, that when the Arizal, or when our Mikubalim tell us that something is Behechrich, tell us that something is an imperative, it's fundamental to our understanding, that simply means that God has created that Hechrich in the world. That when we feel that there's a prohibition against a certain concept, for example, what we've been discussing in terms of grasping essence, that is not because it is too far from the concept of the infinity to manifest in a way that we would be able to grasp it, but simply that is the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has desired, so to speak, to create the world. So on a certain level, according to the Leshem and according to Rav Itchemaya Morgenstern in the name of the Leshem, it's possible to ask questions on these hechrechim, to ask questions on these fundamental laws. Why is it that God has created a world and created human beings and created the realm of infinity in a way that it is an impossibly distant space that we can only touch by way of the finite? And this is what we're going to be discussing tonight. What benefit, what elevated status emerges from our need to engage with limitation, from our need to engage with the midos, for our need to engage not with the infinite in and of itself, rather through the finite manifestation of the infinite, so that even when we think that we're not touching the infinite, we're revealed to be touching the ensof ba'atzmuso kavyachol. And in order to really understand this, I want to read directly from the writings themselves. We're looking right now at Yam HaChachma in Tavshin Ayin Dalid, and this is what we referred to before in the Biur on the Hakdama of Rechova Sanahar. The teaching in Rechova Sanahar is on Daflamid Dalid Amad Aleph. Since the year Tavshin Samich Dalid, going back to the original Yamachachmas that are printed, the original three which can be found on hebrewbooks.org, and then a person is still capable of beginning to buy them from Tavshin Samaches and on, but from the year of Tavshin Samach Dalid and forward, Rav Itchemeyer in every single one of the Yamachachmas has a section devoted to a perush on the Hakdama of the Rehova Sanar from the Rashash an eight-page hakdama that he wrote, that the Rashash wrote as a hakdama to his parish on the Kavanos of the Arizal called Nahar Shalom. Now, Rav Itchemeyer has given us up to and including Tafshin Ayin Tes, which is the last Yamachachma printed, basically a full comprehensive explication and elucidation of Hakdamas Rechovasanar that Probably each year we're talking about at least 100 pages, which puts it at least at 700 pages or more. A parish, again, on an eight-page mimer or hakdama from Rav Shalom Sharabi. And like we spoke about, and like we're going to be using tonight, his Talmud Mufak Rav Shmuel Ehrenfeld Shlita has finally published. First, he published Yeruchim HaShemesh, an introduction to the writings of the Rashash, basically the Klalim of the Rashash, which 
prior to this publication, the only thing that existed within the same space was a sefer from Rav Yaakov Hillel called Ahavat Shalom, but even that pales in comparison completely to this magnificent creation of Yeruchim HaShemesh. But Rav Shmuel Ehrenfeld, after publishing three other svarim on the Kavanos of Thiras HaOmer, has finally last year published the first three svarim of his Perush on Rechov based on his Rebbe, Rav Itchemeyer's teachings on Rechov which are three volumes out of what is meant to be an eventual 26 volumes. So when we're talking about Rechov and we're talking about the Rashash, it's important to understand that for Rav Itchemeyer Morgenstern, just like the Rebbe Rashab and just like Rabbi Nachman and just like Rav Aaron Halevi, the Hakdamar Rechov serves as a Pina Sayasod, as, as an Evan Hashesia, to the thinking and the formation of Rav Itchemeyer Morgenstern's thinking. We're looking, again, in Tafshin Ayin Dalet, Taf Sadi Zayin. So this is 467. And we're looking at footnote 31. And again, this is what we're trying to understand in terms of what we described last year, uh, last, last, um, last week. Feels like last year. The Amisa Sasod. The truth of the secret, what is the secret and the true reason for the need for human beings and for B'nai Yisrael to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu by way of his midos, that it's only by way of mediation that we have access to the immediacy of God, that it's only by way of the finite that we have access to the infinite. They have expressed this at length in Sifre Chasidus, which is usually an appellation or a, a whistle to Sifre Chabad. And the matter simply is as follows. That his midos, his measurements, his constriction, the worlds that HaKadosh Baruch has created, those limited aspects are rooted in the capacity towards limitation within the infinite. And that capacity towards limitation within the infinite is rooted in the trace of the infinite, in the Roshem de Sof, which is even higher than the level of godliness on the level of Soviv Kol Almin, which we identify as the highest level of Yichud. Because the strength and the capacity of withholding and holding back is greater and stronger and more potent than the strength of disclosing oneself. And we find that by connecting to the essence of God, specifically through the midos and the measurements of godliness, the essence of God, so to speak, is revealed in an even stronger and more potent way. By way of the secret described in Sefer Yetzira, that the end is embedded in the beginning. So I don't know who wrote this mimer. My impression is that it's Rav Shmuel Ehrenfeld because of the similarities between his own writings and the footnote. Again, all of the Amachachmas are anonymous, but there's a thank you or a toda or a hoda to 10 individuals. Ten specific Hasidim and Talmidim of Ravichamayr, the Chavraya Kadisha, the only two of which I, I can identify are the Shin Aleph, which is Rav Shmuel Ehrenfeld, and the Ayin Aleph, which is Rav Yakiva Erlinger. 
Both of them are Talmidei Muvhakim of Rav Itzemeyer Morgenstern. Rav Shmuel Ehrenfeld is the one who's putting out Svarim now. Rav Akiva Erlinger put out a sefer a few years ago called Kesar Torah. Being Mazbir, the concept of Nasa Venishma, I believe in like 150 ways. But what is most unique about Rav Akiva Erlinger is that he's the one who's recording the teachings of Rav Itzemeyer Bishas Rav Adravim at Shalashudis. Now, I have a good friend who was Zoycha recently. I have many friends who were Zoycha to be by Rav Itzemeyer for Shalashudis, but I have a good friend recently who was taken specifically by the Hofa'a, by this revelation of watching this individual, Rav Akiva Erlinger, write down or try and contain the words that Rav Itzemeyer Morgenstern was disclosing at Shalashudis. It's important to understand that where Rav Itzemeyer Morgenstern speaks, and this is by way of a limited comprehension through videos and through different expressions that I've heard from friends is that he speaks through a towel for reasons known to himself and his voice because of the English accent and because of the state of mind that he's in of dveikus of real full-on dveikus where it's clear as day that this is not a person who is functioning in this world on any level yet miraculously as we're going to see is functioning in the world specifically that Rav is mumbling, so to speak, through his towel. And behind him, there's this chassid who looks like he's a chassid, does not look like someone who would have the capacity necessarily to be typing this quickly, but as somebody who is typing the words of Rav on a large screen, apparently, exactly what Rav is saying. And these are the ma'amarim that become De'i Chochmah the Shalashudah that now come out every week, which we're zochah to, and which in and of themselves, deserve a study that would take years and years. So Rabbi Akiva Erlinger and Rabbi Shmuel Ehrenfeld are only two of this Chavraya. My impression is that the person who wrote this is Rabbi Shmuel Ehrenfeld because of the similarities in Lashon. Nevertheless, what Rabbi Shmuel Ehrenfeld is saying in the name of Rabbi Shemayar is as follows. The reason that it is fundamental that the only access that we have to Al-Kadosh Baruch Hu is by way of his Midos, is by way of his limitation, is because when we access limitation, when we access the measurements and the midos and the gvulim and the constriction through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu has revealed himself, we are touching an even deeper level of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavyachol than would have been previously revealed within the world had there not been constriction. Now this is going all the way back to something that we've been speaking about since the beginning of the Shirim on Reish Milin that what Rabbeinu Azriel of Garona, the Rebbe of the Ramban, and who the Arizal attributes the fundamental grounds of his Kabbalistic theory to, is that Rabbeinu Azriel writes in Shar HaShoel, and it's brought down from there into a magnificent sefer called Tarshishoham Shoham from Rav Moshe Shatz, the Rebbe of Rav Itzemeyer, that in order for the infinite to be truly infinite, it must have the capacity, Kav to manifest itself with infinitude. That to claim that something is truly infinite, truly Ein Sof, it needs to be able to reveal itself within the status, the status of imperfection. And so the Koyach HaBiltigvul, the infinite capacity of godliness, also has the ability to reveal itself within Koyach within the status of finitude, of constriction, of measurements, of limitation, of dinim, of gvuros, of darkness, of choyshech, of suffering, of limitation, of concealment, 
of the Olam Hafuch Ra'isi, of the fact that things in this world are the opposite of the way they're supposed to be. And what Rav Shmuel Ehrenfeld, I'm sorry, what Rav Itchemeyer is saying is that when we connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu specifically from within that Koyach HaGvul, from within that manifestation with infinitude of measurement, of limitation, what we're doing is we're touching a loftier level of godliness. And the reason for that is as follows. The strength, the koyach, kavyachol, that it takes for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the infinite and all manners of infinite, to manifest with infinitude, is a koyach ma'atzor, is a koyach of withholding, is a koyach of pulling back, is a koyach of gevura. That koyach of gevura, that koyach of placing limits to oneself, of God Kavyachol placing a limit to himself through the act of tzimtzum, comes from a loftier place than the original light of Or Ein Sof that was revealed prior to the tzimtzum. Because prior to the creation of the world, the infinite light was present. The Or Ein Sof was saturating all of existence, like the Arizal tells us. In order to create finite reality, God Kavyachol needed to withdraw himself. He needed to be mitzamsim himself, Kavyachol. He needed to limit and withhold that infinite light so that there could be room for something other than godliness. But like we said in a few shirim back, the entire purpose of creation is so that the infinite can emerge into finitude so that we can then take finitude, bring it back to the infinite with an additional adornment, with a toisefes kishut showing that not only is godliness found within the infinite itself, but godliness can be found within the finite itself as well. That not only can God find himself in light, but godliness can be found in darkness as well. So the entire purpose, the entire desire for creation, Kavyachol, was to allow these kochos of gvul, these strengths of limitation to emerge into the world, so that acharei she after history goes through its entire trajectory from the past to the present to the future, which reverts back to the way things were in the past, we allow ourselves to emerge back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and say, you told us that you would only be found in light. You told us that you would only be found in Torah. You told us that you would only be found in joy. You told us that you would only be found in those non-constricted infinite spaces. But what we're showing you, God, is that we found you even in the darkness, that we found you even in constriction, that we found you even in sadness, that we found you even in askechol, when we were forced out of the base medrash, when we were forced to descend into the workplace. We found you even there. And when we come to God in that way, Kav Yochel, at the end of history, what we were doing is we're doing an additional adornment. We're bringing jewels and crowning HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a greater way. We're showing that Hashem, you don't only exist in the infinite, but you exist in the finite as well. This capacity of godliness to descend into this finite playing space so that we could eventually elevate it back up is rooted in a higher place than the infinite itself. Because prior to creation, all we had a taste was, was the Or Ein Sof, the light of the infinite. But when HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself through gvul, through measurement, that is a koyach that comes from a deeper place. That comes from the etzem ha'or. 
the etzem hour kavyachol, the essence of light, which still is not the essence of God, God forbid, but it's the essence of light, it's the ein sof as opposed to the or ein sof, that space demands much more intensity. It demands much more overcoming of oneself. Like we said in the Shiram on Addiction, the power of overcoming, the joy of overcoming oneself is that I am placing a limit to myself. And by placing a limit to myself, by being ma'atsur myself, by not letting myself move forward to say things that I cannot say or to do things that I cannot do, I am utilizing a deeper level of effort and energy and strength than I would be if I allowed myself to simply do what arose in my mind. Like the Chazonish writes in like the Chazonish writes, and the only reason I'm bringing this down in the Sharon Ravitchemeyer is because I was learning it last night. The Chazonish writes that really in totality, there's only one negative trait and one positive trait. And all Midos Raos and all Midos Tovos are contained within those two capital expressions of positivity and negativity. The singular negative trait is Hasnachas Achayim Sativiyim. The abandonment of life to the natural proclivity of the self. And the singular positive trait is the willingness for an individual to overcome their basic tendency towards choosing pleasure over morality and forcing oneself to choose morality over pleasure. But what the Chazonish is saying is that when we overcome ourselves, when we withhold ourselves to not simply give in to our natural proclivities, what we're doing is we're forcing ourselves to overcome ourselves. And by forcing the self to overcome the self, we're showing that we have a deeper strength than we previously thought. We're intensifying ourselves. We're potentiating ourselves. We're disclosing that there's a greater potential within ourselves than was previously revealed. This is what Rav Meyer means when he says that the Kayach HaMa'atzor, the strength that it takes for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to reveal himself through limitation, is so much greater than the infinite expression of something because to place a ma'atzor, to place a blockage to something, shows that I even have control over my most basic tendencies. I have the ability to overcome that which comes most naturally. That God, Kav has the ability to overcome through the act of tzimtzum, the natural tendency of godliness, Kav which is to express itself infinitely. And it's specifically in that place of limitation that God reveals within the world that we have a deeper koach of engaging him. That it's specifically when we engage in midosav, specifically when we engage with those limited manifestations of godliness in the world, that we now show Hashem that he has not only revealed himself in the infinite, but in the finite as well. And Rav describes this in numerous places. And there's different lashonos for it. There's the Koyach HaMa'atzor, which is Gavoach from the Koyach HaHespashtus, that the strength of withholding or the strength of blocking is stronger and higher than the strength of expression. There's the concept that Koyach HaMasach Hu Gavoa Mekoach HaOr, that the strength of the partitions that God places within the world in order to make distinguishment of levels is greater than the infinite light with abol- which abolishes all levels. There's the sense that in the name of the Balatanya, in his Sefer, uh, referred to as Inyanim, Ravichamaya brings this down countless times, that Kalim themselves, that the vessels themselves, are rooted in a place higher than light. Because in order for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to place a limitation to himself, to reveal that infinite power of the finite manifestation, it's a greater Chidush, it's a greater Pella, than the simple infinite manifestation of light. 
than that on a certain level, the kalim themselves, the vessels that contain light, are stronger than the light itself because in order to contain the light, they have to have an ability to contain it. Disclosing that manifestation and measurement and difficulty and constriction and gvul and simtsum and all of the things that we typically assume as lower are in truth rooted higher than light because they lead us back to a place of etzem ha'or. They lead us back to a place higher and above the infinite light prior to creation. Now it's important to note, especially in what we discussed last week, this infinite light above the finite light, I'm sorry, rather this etzem ha'or, this essence of light that a person can ascend to when they make their way back through the or in sof before any constriction is not at smusa yisbarach. It's not the essence of God, God forbid. It's something referred to by the Rebbe Rashab and Ravitchemeyer uses this as he'elem ha'atzmi, as the essential concealment, as the realization that no matter how far we go along the rung of touching etzem, at the end of the day, the highest and loftiest point that we can touch is he'elem ha'atzmi, the essential concealment which says that as creatures we can never truly touch the essence but the highest place that we can get is the essential concealment of godliness. That silence, that negation of all things which is rooted in the Ein Ha'amiti, in the true nothingness. And the only way that we have access there is by way of Midosav, is by engaging with the limited and finite manifestations which the Kaddish Baruch has placed within this world. But more importantly, and not more importantly, but more significantly with regards to us, Rav also applies this concept following previous teachings of Hasidus and Kabbalah. And really here, it's not necessarily specifically within Chabad. He applies this specifically to one of the main Chidushim of Rabbi Nachman as well. And I think it's very clear in the writings of Ishbitz as well, and a place from Kutsk, which Rav draws himself from. That it's not only HaKadosh Baruch Hu who needs to reveal this Kayach it's not only HaKadosh Baruch Hu who needs to show an overwhelming strength of himself to reveal himself with limitation. Mahu af'ata, just like he is that way, we have to engage that way also. And everything that we're saying applies to the psychology of what it means to serve Hashem as well. Which is why the typical way of understanding Avodah Hashem, the typical way of understanding the creation of the world is that light is higher than vessels, and light is higher than darkness, and the infinite is higher than the finite and the unlimited is higher than the limited. But in truth, when we properly understand the reason that we have to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu specifically through the finite manifestation through which we can touch the infinite, it also teaches us something about what it means to serve Hashem. That prior to these understandings, prior to the Torah of Echemayr, which is really the Torah of Hasidus, which is really the Torah of the Arizal, which is the Torah of Rashbi, which is the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu, is that it is specifically within those constrictive places in our lives that we can serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu b'yeser she'esu b'yeser oz. That we can disclose a deeper potency within our neshamos to serve Hashem, even when it is counterintuitive. That on a certain level, everything that Rabbi Shemayar is coming to say is that you might think that Avodah Hashem needs to be intuitive. That it has to be in the places where you think you can serve God. But the chiddush of Avedis Hashem, the novelty of serving God, is that it's specifically counterintuitive. That it's specifically in those places which we feel are devoid of light. Those places that we feel are constricted. Those parts of ourselves which we feel are scary or shameful or dirty or unwanted. 
It's specifically there that we can elevate ourselves and bring a larger korban to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Specifically, when we take our nafesh bahamis, like the Rebbe Rashab says, when we take our animal and lowly spirit and we serve God with it, we're showing that the animal and lowly spirit and the body itself is on a certain level rooted higher than the neshama, higher than the soul. And Ravitchemeyer describes this in countless different ways. One of the ways he describes this, and this is something that we're going to discuss next week, that next week we're going to talk about this at length, God willing, is that there's a two-stage movement within Avodah Hashem. It's not two separate stages, but it's a two-staged movement. You can look at it as two impulses, or you can look at it as the dualistic nature of a singular pulsation. And this notion is Ratzah Vashov, running and returning. Something taken from the Maisa Merkava and Yecheskel that Ratzah Keshayev Kemare Habazek, running and returning like the lightning flashes. And this has been taken already in the Sefer Yitzira, and then in the writings of the Arizal, and especially in the writings of Hasidus, in Rabbi Nachman in particular, in Tayravav, that there's two ways of serving God. There's running, and there's returning. There's an ascent towards God, and there's a descent away from God. There's the movement forward, and there's the retreat backwards. And typically, the way that we would understand this is that the Ratzah, the moving forward, and the running towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the willingness to ascend towards the infinite and towards Kedusha is obviously of a higher level than the return back to oneself for the need of rest and for the need of taking a breath and for the need of inhaling and feeling that one is okay. But what Ravit Shemayar does is he inverts it in the name of Hasidus that in truth the shove that an individual engages in, that return to oneself, that retreat where a person takes a rest from running towards godliness, it's specifically there in the settled mindfulness of the tired soul which has attempted so desperately to ascend the rungs of the ladder of spirituality only to recognize that it can't make it fully. It's specifically in that place of retreat, in that place of defeat, that we experience the deepest level of Kedusha, that we experience the deepest, most inherent connection that we have to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Another way of phrasing this, which is taken from the writings of the Arizal in Eitzchayim and translated through the lens and refracted through Hasidus and Ravitchemeyer picks up on it as well, is the concept of mati v'lo mati, of touching and not touching. That at the highest level of worlds, in the world of Akudim, which we spoke about in last week's Parsha, by the sheep of Lavan and Yaakov Avinu pulling out of that treachery and that lying space of Lavan, the concept of Akudim, Nikudim, Berudim, the three different stages of creation. So on the level of Akudim, at that highest world where there's not even yet such a real concept of separation, we see a concept of Mati Velomati, of touching and not touching that sometimes the light settles in the vessel and sometimes the light is not settled in the vessel. And the way that we typically understand this is that it's specifically when the light is settled in ourselves that we have a deeper level of connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's specifically when our minds are aflame with connection and dveikus and emuna and bitachon and desire to learn Torah and to daven behislavus and to daven with emotion and strength that we're connected to God. And then in the times of lomati, of not touching, those are the times of katnus. Those are the times of falling away from yourself. Those are the times of not being strong. And those times are typically viewed as secondary to the times of connectivity. What Ravitchemeyer Morgenstern teaches in the name of Hasidus, in the name of the Arizal, so often is that it's specifically in the moments of lomati, 
It's specifically at those times where we feel alienated, where we don't feel a connection between the light and the vessel, where the ideal of ourselves is so far from the reality of ourselves, and we feel so alienated from ourselves and sabrachan and anxious and feeling that our desire outweighs our ability to functionally manifest as Ovdeh Hashem. It's specifically in that time of disparity, of alienation from the self, of that splitness, of that brokenness, of that sabrachan kite, that a person is truly capable of drawing down the lights of a Kaddish Baruch Hu into themselves in a stronger way. This is something that Rabbi Nasser of Nimbarov expresses so often that it's almost a, a yesod nafwitz in his writings, that it's specifically in that place of the inability to move forward, that we're truly connecting to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. This is the idea as well that is expressed that the gvuros in their shayrash, severity in its shayrash, is even higher than chasadim. The capacity to withhold, the capacity for a person to hold on to faith in times of darkness, in times of difficulty, says so much more about an individual than what they were capable of doing and engaging in, in times of light or in times where things were going easily. So what we see in this year is really that what Ravitchemeyer Morgenstern is doing is he's connecting this entire perspective of how the world was created. That the purpose of creation of the world is for the infinite to manifest itself in finitude. And therefore, the only way that we can attach ourselves to the infinite is by way of finitude. And anybody who thinks that they connect to the infinite without the finitude is denying and negating the purpose of creation. And the reason for Hashem creating a world in such a way that we can only connect Him vis-a-vis finitude and constriction is that through that we're able to bring about a greater revelation of godliness, that godliness exists within the darkness as well, and that there's a darkness loftier than light, as we're going to see in the coming weeks towards Hanukkah. And that the ability to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, specifically in the places where HaKadosh Baruch Hu appears absent, to connect to God, to connect to the Tachlis in places where we feel that the Tachlis is lost, that is specifically our Avoda. That is specifically the deepened strength that we have to specifically dive head first into constriction, into darkness, into limitation, and to show Hashem that here also you're found. It's specifically here that we can come back to you and show that not only are you capable of revealing yourself in the infinite light, but you're also capable of revealing yourself within the darkness of finitude. Next week, Be'ezra Sashem, we're going to talk about how all of this manifests within the Koyach of Malchus, within the concept of Malchus, which we're going to see is rooted in the loftiest place of the system, referred to as Reisho Dlo Esidah.